Hey there, hi there, ho there, you're as welcome as can be. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. Well, howdy, partner. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated for bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersock. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod, or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com, or... Join us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang for access to many episodes and bonus content at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Chris, we are back after a very fun episode talking all things autographs. I had kind of said at the very top of that show uh, that I didn't I didn't know if we were going to be able to dive in a ton when just talking about these handwritten things. You then said I think I have a lot to say about these, and boy, did we. That was super fun. I loved dissecting that, and I'm excited to get back into it with our returning guest host, Miss Magic Key. It is Taylor. Taylor, welcome back with your yuzu drink. Oh, yes. Everyone, I hope you just got out and tried it, but I actually have a different drink this time. Oh, so. oh. okay. Get okay. your pens we'll and papers ready. We'll get in there soon. We'll get there in, in there soon. Uh, you brought up Oogie Boogie Bash last episode, and we were kind of rolling, so we didn't get to stop you about it. Uh, were you able to get autographs at Oogie Boogie Bash? I don't know if autographs are a thing right now. True. Yeah, True. I don't know either. Uh, I did not get autographs, but then again, okay. I don't usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, Experience from sorry. afar. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if autographs are happening. When's the last time that you did get an autograph? Do you remember? Did, have you gotten one recently? Before pandemic? I don't think I've ever gotten an Never? autograph. What? Never got an autograph. No. The only time I've ever gotten autographs was like at vacation Bible school from like the church actors. You got Jesus's autograph. Yeah. <laughs> On the back of my shirt. That's it. <laughs> I don't get autographs. I think it's because like Disney was so expensive. My parents were like... No, we're not going to wait in line for an autograph that I could replicate. No offense, but <laughs> I don't know. But I'm having fun dissecting the personality and the science. Trust the science. Trust the science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, speaking of science, we got some spoonfuls of sugar we, we got to talk about here. Kyle, what do you got? I have an IPA that I had gotten a couple of weekends ago from Altamont Beer Works, which I've had on the show, uh, I think, during the villain song. This is a, a brewing company out of Alameda. And uh, no, this one's out of Livermore. And it's called, it's called the Nelson Stash. And the, it's very full, so I can't really lift it up right now because I need to take a sip out of it still. But it has like who essentially is Willie Nelson as a a hop on the the side of it. 
And when people say that beers taste danky, it's hard to describe unless you've smelt or tasted that. And when I pop the cap on this, it's like this. This is like a very danky beer. It's very, it's very hoppy. It's very, it's very full. I don't know how else to really say it. Um, but it's, it's too much for me. It's too much for me. I've had it before. This is just all I had in my fridge. It's very full, but Chris would hate this because even I don't really like it. So I'm going to, I'm going to suffer through. It has a little like pine nut at the end for some reason. I don't know. It's a mess <laughs> of a beer, uh, but uh, I'm going to take one for the team for this episode. Chris, what have you got in your mixed bag of a fridge with these beers? Well, uh, I'm, I went with the IPA. I was brave. I was brave last week. I went with the IPA and it paid off for me. Yeah. Um, but I decided to do uh, an overcompensation in the opposite direction and go with a hard cider. Ooh. This week. It okay. is from Bright Cider, um, which is in Corvallis, Oregon. Shout out to the Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> and it is um Radiant and balanced with uh, Newton Pippin apples. The pioneer variety that defined the cider palette of the Northwest. Um, and this is gross. I don't like this. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Are you it's usually, interesting, right? Are you usually a cider person? I like I can go. I can go either way on a cider. Okay. Cider is tricky because like it always gives me a really bad headache. Mm. Um, so I have like a full water bottle here. But like, I don't even know how much of this cider I'm going to drink because it's really not, it doesn't have that like sweetness, that sourness that like I, I need in a cider. It is very like, it is very like alcoholy, you know? Huh. Interesting. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, bright cider, but I'm not loving what you're bringing to me here in this spoonful of sugar. Taylor, you got something new. Lay it on us. I do. I just want to say, Kyle, both of your beers have people with two braids on the cans ah, yeah, the, for, for my episode and I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I understood the assignment of, of this specific episode. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like the intuition. We're all on the same wavelength. We are. It's very Wednesday weird. Adams, Willie Nelson, Taylor Steinhilfer. Wow, what a a trio. We wasted our wavelength on this beer connection as opposed to you choosing my picks in the bracket, but that's a whole different... We'll see how it goes this (laughs) round. But I have Waterloo. You know, it's a sparkling water, but it's not just any sparkling water. It's the best brand. Have you guys had Waterloo? I have had a Waterloo before, and they are delicious. They're so good. Zero sugar. BPA free can, uh-huh. and um, I feel like it has the best flavors. Like Lacroix, who? It's all Ooh. about Waterloo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Kyle. It's time. It's time. It's always time. It's time. This is. It's time. This could. Uh, man, I don't feel good about it. After we put into the world last episode that you're going to get the last pack, I think that that's just what is going to happen. But we are talking about pull of the pod. We are looking for the elusive card from these Disneyland 50th anniversary upper deck deck of cards for the animatronic figure known as Tom Morrow, who was featured in the very early Tomorrowland 
at Innoventions and at uh, Rocket to the Moon, whatever that attraction was called. And we haven't found him yet. We said that once we find him, we are going to stop doing this. We are about 30 packs in and we still haven't found him. So after this, we have six more. We'll see if, uh, if this one is it. First card is not Tom Morrow, but I think we've gotten it before and I'm always happy to talk about it. It is 1967's debut attraction of Pirates of the Caribbean. Nice. Like this card a lot because it has my favorite pirate of the pirate with one foot on land, one foot in the boat, carrying every hat that he can find. <laughs> pour one out for the runner-up of our best Disneyland attraction bracket, Pirates uh, of the Caribbean. Pour one up. Pour one up. Uh, this one's applicable to what we're talking about today. It's 1993's debut attraction of Minnie's House and Garden. Oh, let's go. You got Minnie in her classic polka dot attire with her big yellow heels standing on her porch of her house. Uh, and it is definitely where you can go meet and greet Minnie for that autograph, that loving, heartfelt autograph. Next up, we've definitely got this one before as well as Great Moments Phantasmic. Oh, yeah, you te- I thought it was going to be Lincoln when you said great <laughs> moments. Scared me. <laughs> no, hopefully Lincoln doesn't show back up. Um, Mickey, he's, he's either blocking or, or shooting out a, a firework. And, uh, oh, nope. He, he is meeting the, the, the flame of the dragon with magic. And it's like one of those like force things where they are meeting at the middle. Uh, doesn't happen in the show. That is a fake, fake photo. And our final card is not Tom Morrow. Mm. Who, who could have guessed? It is 1955's Rocket to the Moon, which is where Tom Morrow resides. So at least we get something that is related to him. I brought this up last time because I said it's a family of too many boys because there are six of them and then a spaceman in the middle. And our attraction poster is also one that we've gotten before which is the first time I think that we've repeated an attraction poster, but it is Tom Sawyer's Island with, uh, with the black Tom Sawyer, whoever this is. So uh, that's a dud. Dud, dud pull yep. of the pod. Mm-hmm. That's a disappointing one besides Pirates of the Caribbean. We'll be back next episode. We have six more. So in two brackets, three brackets, we're going to find out whether Tom <laughs> exists one or is in these packs, and Chris is going to have the final say. Uh, so stay tuned. I'm going to, I'm going to wallpaper my living room and these pull of the pod cards that who knows what we'll do <laughs> with them when, when, when the segment we, is over. Yeah, we'll find it. We'll find a use. I've got literally all of them. So, uh, if you heard one that you like, let me know. Cause, uh, I'm sure that we have a duplicate that we can send you. All right. So just to remind everyone where we're at, we are talking best Disney parks signature autograph that you would get from a character in the parks. We had a field of 16 that was determined by folks complaining in the Esplanade about the recent price hike in parking. Brutal. $5 increase. Yeah. It's, just, it's robbery. That's 20%. Robbery That's a 20% Disney. increase. Insane. And so we had a great field of 16. We've narrowed it down to a round of eight where we have the number one seed Mickey Mouse's autograph versus number nine, Woody's autograph. We've got number four, Cinderella's autograph versus number five, Ariel's. On the other side of the bracket, we've got Tinkerbell versus Donald Duck. And then to finish things off in the round of eight, we've got Chippendale versus the Mad Hatter. Kyle, I started us off on the last episode. Why don't you get things going today? All right. 
Let's do it. Mickey Mouse versus Woody. I talked a lot about Woody and I almost said too good of things about Woody because that got Chris onto the train of of moving moving his autograph on, unfortunately, uh, because I did not go Woody. Um, I went Minnie Mouse, you know, the one with love out on her porch. It was so nice. I'm not salty about it at all. But Mickey Mouse is one that I didn't really get to talk about too in depth. We talked about the regalness, the kind of uniformity of, of the signature is very much who he is. Uh, there's not a whole lot of change in Mickey Mouse. You can kind of see a character and be like, yep, that's Mickey Mouse, that's Mickey Mouse, that's Mickey Mouse. Same with his autograph. Very straight to the point. It's very evocative of the Disney logo itself uh, with the swirly eye at the top, much like the Disney eye in the production company's logo, not Walt's actual signature. Uh, but it's just very classic. It, it's, you know, even in France, he doesn't sign Mouse, he just signs Mickey, but everywhere else he's signing Mickey Mouse. And he do- almost doesn't even need the flourish, but he adds it at the bottom with this kind of swirl to, to sit the name on because it's Mickey, right? He, 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 his presence comes with the prominence that doesn't even require the flair of the signature. It's very, it matches it. If he added anything extra to that, it would almost feel out of character because it, he is kind of the embodiment of the everyday man, the everyday person, the somebody that's relatable. And when you get the signature, you feel that. It's, it feels like a Walt signature. And we connect Mickey to Walt so often. They're holding freaking hands in the middle of the park, for God's sake. You know, like, this is a, a very classic, classic signature. I was interested in seeing Woody's because I had never seen his autograph and I almost half expected it to be in the font of like Andy, right? Because like these toys are toys and we know that they can write because they do so through the form of the Etch-A-Sketch um, in, in Toy Story. Like even I think Woody takes Etch and like forces him to like write something out. So they know how to like write. But the only font that they really have been exposed to is the one that is on the bottom of all of their feet, which is Andy's. So I almost have expected what? The, the N is backwards in Andy? D's back? Some, there's a letter in there that's backwards because Andy was small when he wrote all of these names. So I almost expected that from him, from Woody. But I just love that his, his signature feels very like cowboy. Mm-hmm. Even more so, take that a step further, his signature feels very like movie star cowboy, which is tech like basically who his character was uh, before he was made into a doll. Like he, we see in Toy Story two that he was this like TV show celebrity. Like every kid knew who he was because of this show. And even though he was in toy form there and toy form afterwards, much like Buzz Lightyear, which apparently we're gonna see the, that origin story pretty soon in a full length film version but this like classic you know who it is and then let me add a little something to yo i'm a cowboy so i'm gonna i'm gonna lasso it up i like that a whole whole lot um in this in this matchup i mean you know i i am one for flair i am also one for minimalist and and not doing too much if you don't have to especially with somebody like mickey mouse i you know, if it, 
I think I would go this way too. If it was Mickey versus Minnie, I'd still probably go Minnie. So I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go Woody here, even though I didn't pass Woody on last time. I think that Woody's fits his character just as much as Mickey's does, but I like the the personality that comes out of Woody's signature. Uh, Mickey's definitely feels more stampish. It feels more Walt, where like Walt signed everything ahead of time and just kind of reproduced it over and over again. While Woody's feels like a little closer to it was signed for me. Um, so I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the nine seed here. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think though that that officialness of Mickey's autograph, mm-hmm. like that's what I think of when I think of Mickey. He's he's official. Like yeah, he yeah. he has his moments of like the working man Mickey, like we see in Mickey's Twelve Days of Christmas or whatever. Um, and he is supposed to be a very relatable type of mouse. I almost said guy, but he is a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like that synergy between the way Mickey writes his name and the brand, the Disney brand itself. Okay. In the last week, I have thought a lot about the graphology argument <laughs> and the personality showing through in the signature. And while that is a totally valid, uh, you know, like practice in the real world, there requires some suspension of belief when you are meet and greeting Woody, who is eight inches tall, but inexplicably <laughs> is the biggest of all of the Disney characters that you can meet and greet in the park. Um, sure. And you're like, how would Woody write his name? And it's like, well, Woody probably wouldn't be able to write his name because the pen is three inches taller than he is. So I'm going with Mickey Mouse is what I'm trying to say. Okay. I think when okay. you factor in when you factor in the I guess weight officialness. Yeah, the the weight, the officialness of the signature, um, the regality of the meet and greet, I think uh, I think it's Mickey for me. So uh, Taylor's breaking the tie here. This is a tough this is a juggernaut matchup. Yeah, this might be the toughest matchup for me. Why are you guys doing this to me? <laughs> um Mickey Mouse. This is a signature you can get from the character in a meet and greet. But also, this signature is seen on various types of merchandise. Ooh. Sweatshirts, keychains. And so, in that way, it becomes less personal. I agree with Kyle on that. And yes, it does look exactly like the Disney font, which I love consistency. But if I was choosing a signature for myself, and these were the two fonts, I think I would choose Woody's. And also, I agree with Kyle pretty much on every point he made, but it does feel like this one was made especially for me, and that Woody is like, I'm meeting this handsome movie star, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) What are you, a thirst trap for you? Yeah, I was going to say. You know what? I didn't want to reveal this on the podcast. But, Woody. Anywho, what I'm trying to say is, I think I have to go with the upset and advance Woody on. Because when I'm thinking of what I want to do with this bracket, I'm thinking about uniqueness charisma 
<laughs> and I think Woody's is more unique. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna Woody's. fan cam Woody Parks Woody <laughs> signing autographs. He's just I like, know. Maybe I should meet him. Maybe I should. Yeah, apparently, he'll punt me like Gaston punted that one girl. <laughs> oh no! All right. Well, Woody moves on. Down goes the Mick. Yep. Wow. Happened. All right. Uh, who will Woody meet in the final four? It's the number four Cinderella versus number five Ariel. Ariel very, very narrowly escaped Barely. the first round. Uh, her signature to remind everyone, uh, very under the sea themed. The A is very wispy. The Ariel is very cursive, and it's often surrounded by some bubbles, and it's got a little a little ribbon, kind of as some flare at the bottom. Cinderella, I mean, very, very similar signature. It's a princess signature where you have a giant C that is creating a cursive underline to the rest of the signature that just reads Inderella in beautiful cursive. Beautiful emphasis on the beautiful. This is not a sloppily written signature at all. No. Um, and it often has a little bit of pixie dust, some little stars, some little dots um, to give you that kind of sense of magic that goes along with uh, the Cinderella character. Um, I think uh, for this one, for me, it's definitely going to be Cinderella. I think I'll use the same argument as Mickey Mouse. It's just a little bit more of kind of an official uh, royal weighty signature um just having that in your book it's like dang, you know i've often thought of cinderella as kind of like the the leader of the princesses um that is until vanellope von schweetz came along. <laughs> now she is the mm-hmm. goat but um cinderella definitely kind of like the figurehead i think of the princess princess society so i'm going with that one here pretty pretty easily yeah, I didn't like Ariel's to begin with. I didn't even move that one on. And I haven't had a moment to speak about Cinderella yet, but I don't have the need to now. I think I'm going to save it for the next round because I'm also going to move Cinderella on here. I do have some points to make, but I'll save it. So, Taylor, uh, Cinderella versus Ariel, did we make the right decision? Yes, you did. I, too, did not really like Ariel's. Um, signature as a young girl, I tried out many different signatures and Ariel's font was one I tried and passed on for my own because I just didn't like it. So Cinderella moves on. Great. Let's talk about this next elite eight matchup. It is the number two Tinkerbell versus the number seven Donald Duck. So Obviously, one for flair. I love, I love the, uh, you know, some, some added zhuzh to some of these signatures. Uh, but I also really enjoy when they feel so authentic. And I really like that about Donald Duck because I think that he is a simple character. He, he's always just trying to, to exist. Donald is always just trying to exist. Unless he's trying to put himself like the earlier Donald's where he's trying to make himself the the main attraction. Once you get towards like the 80s and 90s, you get this Donald Duck who's just being harassed by like Chippendale or harassed by uh, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie or harassed by literally any event. He gets the brunt of it. They recently released a like Halloween uh, short on Disney Plus of, the, of Mickey, Goofy, and Donald 
And every punchline was basically at Donald's expense. He is just the one that is trying to exist. And every bad thing will just happen to him. So it kind of makes sense that like this very plain going character would have this very plain signature. And what makes it even better is that number one that he adds. So at the end of his signature, he signs it in cursive and adds the number one because that does harken back to his kind of original characteristic of being feeling like the the odd odd cousin the one that's always left out the one that mickey is getting too much of the attention so i need to take this over i feel like i deserve that so i like that he signs the number one a lot it's it's simple but that added that added element really elevates it up against Tinkerbell, which I also really like because you throw a, throw a sparkle onto something, and I'm, I'm gonna say this is one of the better autographs. I just like that that they're putting this kind of magic onto this physical item that you're gonna be able to take home with you, and you know what that embodies. You know that this is pixie dust. You know that that's what this represents. If, like I said last time, feels very sporadic because. Tinkerbell is. It's not very consistent in the examples that we have, other than the T being wild as hell. Just draw draw the top of the T however you really want, as long as it takes up a, a majority of the page and you have Tinkerbell's name. Uh, it's there's one of the examples on here, the third one, if you're following along with the the Google deck here, that feels very bell-esque, where there's just tons of scribbles at the bottom of it and i can i don't give that a pass to bell but i can for tinkerbell because flighty this is this is someone who is taking flight who in even like the disneyland openings is doing all of these swooping flight patterns and in the parks the og tinkerbell is literally flying over cinderella's castle and it was like i don't know if you've ever heard the story of this this person but she was like an older woman that did it for a very long time that was an acrobat in the circus and came over to Disneyland and did it and she would fly down from the Matterhorn across the the castle and they on a zip line basically and they couldn't stop her so they would get all of these cast members to line up together and hold a mattress up and let her fly into the mattress and that's how she stopped she was like this old lady um I wish I remembered her name because I would plug it but just look it up Look up like Disneyland's original Tinkerbell. It's a very fascinating story. I doubt she was signing autographs (laughs) at that time. I think she was just flying over the castle. Uh, But that's what I'm talking about. That that wavingness. Tinkerbell doesn't have a wand in the movie. She has a wand in like the Disneyland promotion stuff. She like does a little wand tap and and all these sparkles happen. But she this waviness and this line work very uh evokes that feeling of flight in this matchup i'm gonna have to go with the two seed i'm gonna have to go with tinkerbell i just really like how it feels like tinkerbell would have written this donald duck looks like my dad might have written it before we went to the parks and and stuffed it into my suitcase and said oh remember when donald duck signed your autograph book it's like no oh well he did you're just asleep at the time so tinkerbell for me you just gave me a really good idea Uh-oh. for when I am a parent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's pre-signed. That would be cute. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I really want to go with um, Donald Duck on this one because I do like that number one. Yeah, you know, and it being it being such a defining feature of the signature, it's really not just a piece of flair; it's like part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of briefly talked about um, the yearbook, like if all of these Disney characters were signing <laughs> the same page, and like Minnie would write hags. Donald Duck would most likely to write sucks after Mickey's <laughs> autograph, you know, yeah. like there were kids that did that. Like they'd get your yearbook towards the end and like vandalize it and whatever. Totally. Uh, definitely big Donald Duck energy. <laughs> but like, other than that, the actual Donald Duck, just like nothing, like you said, nothing really like catching my eye, nothing really screaming Donald Duck. Um, the Tinkerbell is just, it's just a beautiful piece of penmanship. So I'm agreeing with you and moving Tinkerbell on. Taylor, do you agree? Agree 100%. Donald's signature, in my opinion, is not authentic to his personality. Wow. The number one, you guys only like because you're in sports, I feel. And... <laughs> Yes, Tinkerbell moves on. That is just such a beautiful signature. Oh, yes. I'll save what I have to say for the next round. I want to dive in about your your Donald take a little bit more. What do you think his signature should look like if you don't think it embodies who he is? Mm-hmm. Let me see. I think it should just be like scribbles. Mm. Like when I think of Donald, if you're someone that gets picked on all the time by everyone, and that becomes sort of your personality trait, you're going to be mad and someone asks you for your signature, like you're going to think it's a joke at mm. first. And that that's sad. <laughs> the Donald Duck signature that I see now is something that's very easy to replicate. Parents could do at home. I could probably do. Tinkerbell, more of a stretch. I'd have to practice to replicate hers Hmm. so because tinkerbells is more unique harder to replicate let's move her on here's kind of an interesting observation uh you brought up athletes and working in sports like 90 percent of athletes when they sign something they don't do their full name it's very much like a shorthand like this could be a J like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This might be a C. I don't know. Might just be initials. Uh, And it's just, I guess, I mean, it makes sense that like every single one of these Disney parks autograph is for the most part legible. Like you Mm -hmm. know whose signature it is by looking at it. There's no like, Oh, Donald just didn't want to be bothered to have his autograph uh given so he just put dd or d duck or whatever right um, which is just i guess you know i i feel like bringing some of that in might make some of these signatures a little bit more realistic hmm. yeah i digress uh <laughs> let's move on to the final round of four matchup it's number three chippendale versus number six mad hatter i advanced mad hatter past Dr. Facilier in the last round. I just thought it was just a, a more aesthetically pleasing <laughs> looking signature. That big top hat making the H. I just think it's pretty cool. And it looks like in one of the examples, 
that we have in our slides, he mixes up the color of the pen as well. Now, I don't know. I, I, I would assume that that's not like a common occurrence, but they used to sell those pens that like you can change them from like red to green to blue to black mm-hmm. super easily. Yeah. So it looked like he was probably quick, you know, on the thumbs <laughs> yeah. with that, which I mean, I think that's pretty cool. And we have, we didn't really see anything like that from anyone else sure. mixing up color on their signatures, which is cool. Super cool. And I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with the Mad Hatter character. He comes from a very colorful world. Yep. Uh, very sporadic, lots of flashing lights and crazy stuff happening at that man's dining room table. But like you said, getting him to like sit down and uh, like sign a piece of paper, he just wouldn't do that. No. You're like, hey, Mad Hatter, sign this. He would like take your autograph book and like stand on it or something. Immediately forget. Yeah. Immediately forget what he was doing with it. Like that's, yeah. And he would like pick up the pen and uh, like eat it or something. I don't know. Like (laughs) smoke it like a cigar. Uh, Yeah. You know, so I get the argument that it's not super realistic that Mad Hatter would like get it together to like do this super dope illustration of a hat in the middle of signing his name. And, And it looks very legible. Chippendale, the combo, uh, we, we propped them up a lot on the last episode. Uh, they're super fun to meet and greet, have, show a lot of personality, have a great dynamic between the two, and those personalities definitely come out in the signatures. Uh, you've got Chip's little nose that he features a lot on the, uh, on the autograph, and then you've got Dale's crazy eyes because Dale's a crazy dude. <laughs> Oh, this one for me, yeah, I'm definitely going to go with Chippendale pretty easily here. Um, Yeah, I like the Mad Hatter. I think it's a really cool signature, but I think Chippendale signatures are cool too. They are on character and they're not not aesthetically pleasing. So I'm going, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, Mad Hatter's is probably the coolest autograph on the bracket. It's definitely awesome that the H has been made into this into his hat even with the the size card in the band and everything i really like that another thing that i just realized about his signature so not in the examples of like the cards that are on the slide but the templated signature that we have uh, above it is that the m is written out like a heart mm-hmm. and Hearts obviously play a huge part in the movie of Alice in Wonderland with the Queen of Hearts and the cards and all that stuff. So it's interesting that they decided to incorporate the heart formation into the Mad Hatter uh, just because, you know, his he's more associated with the, the Tea Party and the, the Mad Tea Party. But just something that I thought I would call out. This This feels very much like an artist created it for this character without actually knowing the character like this oh this character is from Alice in Wonderland and they're named the Mad Hatter then since they they come from this movie let's go ahead and make the Emma heart because I know that plays a big part into it and then let's go ahead and and make the H the hat that he wears when in reality that's not his character at all so I'm agreeing with Chris of course because I didn't do the Mad Hatter last time I'm definitely saying Chip and Dale 
uh, I can talk a little bit more about some of the things that I like and dislike about Chip and Dale's autographs next uh, round. But it's moving on here. Taylor, what are your thoughts? I agree. I feel like the Mad Hatter, it's a beautiful signature, but it looks like a Frankenstein signature where they were like, yep, let's throw that Disney D in there. Let's Mm. do a hat. Sure. And then they just threw it out there. Sure. So not authentic, I think. (laughs) To the character, we will be moving on Chip and Dale. All right. Let's move on to our first final four matchup. It is the number nine Woody versus the number nine or number four Cinderella. And here I go. Cinderella haven't haven't been able to dive in very much about her signature yet, but I'm a huge fan. I think this is a gorgeous signature. Um, Chris has brought up the kind of sweeping sea with Cinderella written across the, the tail of the sea. And it's so interestingly mid-century because of the the elongated first letter, which is when this movie came out, but not when it takes place. So that's an interesting like note about the style of that signature. And then even the sparkles, like you said, like that evokes like mid-century bowling alley and bowling alley signs. Uh, I I love that style a lot. Uh. Here's why I love the the way that the C is written so much is because the entire reason why Cinderella is is relevant to this Disney realm is because we see the success story happen through the 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 power of like love and magic like she's a genuinely a very good person we see that through her taking care of these animals and and treating everyone with kindness despite her being treated like trash and she's rewarded with this night that is given to her with like magic it's kind of like that same sense of like religion where you are a good person and you do well and good things come to you karma you do well, mm-hmm. you do good things, good things will come back to you. In her signature, that C evokes to me the waving of a wand. This is the bippity boppity boo of her being changed into the Cinderella that we know. She is being literally shaped by the fact that she has risen to this princess ship through through the power of, of kindness and magic. And then to top that off is that she signs this card with love. Cinderella is a person of love, right? She she loved her dad. You you see this like um live action film in which you really get that sense that she is guided by love. She believes in love. She believes in true love. And she all of that makes her, you know, in this story and, and why we relate to her as a very good person. She doesn't do anything out of hate or spite. And so that love is very characteristic of her. That sea evokes that that waving of the wand to turn her into the Cinderella that we know and love. Um, and then you add the sparkles for that little mid-century mark that the movie came out during. And also, obviously, the magic that she is surrounded by in her story itself. I love this signature a lot. There's a lot going on in it. 
it's a lot more Disney-esque in that way. I am moving Cinderella past Woody. So on the topic of meet and greets, I was doing some research for this. Not actually, I wasn't even doing some research for this. I was just watching some other offhand Disney video. And there used to be a thing where if you were meeting, greeting with a Toy Story character, you could yell, Andy's coming, and everyone would like drop. Like the, go, the toys going were into toys. inanimate object mode. Yeah. Right. They don't do that anymore because people found out about that and abused it. Yep. As we or do. maybe, or, or it could be that they did that literally one time. And right, like in it the went photo. Viral. Yep, exactly. I don't know that we've ever discussed this on the podcast, but are the toys in Toy Story just a manifestation of Andy's brain? Like they're just <laughs> in, like imaginary, you know, like these, all these movies are just taking place in Andy's head. Yeah, we've talked about this and the argument for why it's not taking place in his head is because uh they punk sid like physically they physically punk sid yeah like it's like they come to life in front of sid and scare him so unless he's like me and taylor on the same wavelength with andy i don't understand i don't think that it's a uh it's only in andy's mind um that this is happening. I think this is toys come to life when we don't see them. I think regardless, a lot of Woody's traits are Andy's traits. So like what, what Andy knows, Woody knows. They all have kind of a childlike naiv- naiv- naivety, naivety about yep. them. Um, I would just like to point that out. That the argument's going to go somewhere. So okay. hang on. Hold that. Hold okay. that thought. Based on the upbringing and the time period, social status of Cinderella, she's illiterate. She does not know how to read or write. Okay. Therefore, if you gave her an autograph book, I don't believe that she would know how to write her own name. In the time in which we've left Cinderella as this princess, which is how we see her now as a princess, not as... Cinderella of of yesteryear. Do we think that she learned how to write? <laughs> but like when you don't need to. <laughs> like you have a whole team of like scribes and uh transcribers who you just if you have something to say to someone in writing, you just go write this out for me, dog. But she's so kind-hearted she's not going to make people work for her she was just a servant for her entire childhood she's not going to then be like oh yeah i'm big time now go ahead and go ahead and write this autograph for me she's gonna put in the work she's gonna read she's gonna learn how to write my point is (laughs) is it more realistic that cinderella knows how to write her name or is it more realistic that woody knows how to write his name Uh... and even though woody is suddenly seven feet tall I think it's more realistic that he knows how to write his name. Silly. So I'm going to go with Woody Silly. here. Taylor, you are breaking the tie. Silly. Who will go to the finals? Silly. Oh, Lord. Okay. Gosh, this is tough. Um, are we shooting for realism here? You when be we're the judge. It's whatever. Though, it's whatever. It's, life's where you make it. That's, yeah, so let's make it rock. <laughs> <laughs> if you know that reference, comment. <laughs> On the Instagram. 
Cinderella would know how to write. This is what I think. Because before her dad married the evil stepmom and passed away, he loved Cinderella. And I feel like he would have poured that love into her and taught her how to write. She only became a servant through trickery and the untimely death of her father. And servants aren't dumb. So I think she would know how to write. And also she would need to sign her name on royal decrees. Like she could scribe it, you know, someone could write it out and then she just signs at the end. So I think she would write and read. We love that for her. Um, Woody. <laughs> I love Woody. There's you guys Woody. know this. Daddy Woody. I think he would know how to read and write too because he would have to know who his owner is. It's yeah. on the bottom of his foot. And he would also have to read his lines and prepare for his show. <laughs> so I think that argument is a little bit moot. I will bring up that Cinderella, the C in some of the signatures, looks like the wheels on the carriage, the pumpkin carriage. And I like that. It's very whimsical. Yeah, it is whimsical. But according to graphology... Cinderella has two strikes against her because she has an underline below the signature and an underline above the signature in some of the signatures. So if an underline is below the signature, you may be selfish and sensitive. That doesn't seem true to Cinderella. And an underline above the signature, let's see, where are we at? You might be vain and proud person who strives to achieve a lot in life. I don't think that's true to Cinderella either. But then again, Woody also has a line above his signature. So maybe well, in he's the, first the vain movie, and proud he person. Is, he is both of those things, yeah. <laughs> but we love him for it. We love a confident <laughs> king. So... But I'm sorry to Woody. I have to advance Cinderella on because that is something about the twinkles and the sparkles and the beautiful whipping of the wand. All right. Flick of the wrist Cinderella. (laughs) Number four seed advances to the finals. Who will she meet? We've got the number two Tinkerbell versus number three Chip and Dale. Ah, This is tough. I mean, as we talk about how a character might sign their name, I mean, I guess I don't know enough about Tinkerbell in like the extended pixie universe, but in Peter Pan, Tinkerbell is pretty standoffish, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, So funny that you bring this up, because just a few weeks ago, I dressed up as Captain Hook with Nina as Mr. Smee. And literally the day before we went to this party, we rewatched Peter Pan because, of course, and Tinkerbell is only standoffish when it comes to Wendy or when Mm. she feels threatened by someone that's going to take away the attention of Peter Pan. And so her entire like even when she's with Captain Hook and Mr. Smee, who kidnap her, she is very quick to gain the trust if they give her the attention that she wants. And that's why she divulges where Peter Pan is hiding out is because they're kind of hyping her up and, and validating her feelings. So 
I don't think she's she's standoffish unless it's someone who's threatening to take the attention away from her. She loves the attention. Okay. Because I, you know, I was just thinking about kind of like how we talked about Grumpy and Miss the Dance. Like he would throw your autograph book back in your face if you asked him to sign an autograph. Like would Tink do the same? But it sounds like she she might not, unless it was Wendy asking her to sign an autograph. Have we ever seen Tinkerbell and Peter Pan in the park together? That's probably no, right? They love putting Peter Pan with Hook and doing like a little. But maybe, I don't know. I could see the three of them doing some type of Peter Pan party or something. I feel like... <laughs> <I feel, laughs> you down with PPP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I, uh, Tinkerbell's supposed to be a fairy. She's supposed to be small. So I guess they wouldn't put her next... That's why she's only in Pixie Hollow amongst the like tall grass that you're supposed to be shrunk down to the size of a fairy. And then you only see her flying over um, the castle. And then you're in Paint the Night and she's flying around. But you don't really see her next to Peter very often. Anyways, all that's to say, all that's to say that like if they were together, then maybe you would get that grumpy-esque uh, response from her if you were also stealing Peter's attention okay. away from her. Fair. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about the autograph itself. <laughs> the Tinkerbell autograph is great. It's beautiful. It's got some some little pixie dust on it. Um, great penmanship. Um, like I said, somewhere in between cursive and print writing, and I think that's right up the alley for Tinkerbell. She's not a princess, so it doesn't need to be all ornate. But she uh, she does have a little bit of a little bit of pageantry about her. So I like that it's more than just some block text or something like a lot of the princes are. Yep. We didn't even talk about prince autographs. No, prince autographs are boring as hell, yeah, and they're rarely around. Anyways, um, Chippendale, Kyle, you said something profound when you said, I can't remember who we were talking about, but you said- uh, I do it a the, lot, actually. Yeah. Putting the magic <laughs> of the parks and, and of this meet and greet onto the page. Yep. Uh, and I think the Tinkerbell autograph certainly does that with the little pixie dust, but the Chippendale autograph, I think, does it in a way- that is so true to the characters and and you could look at that autograph and remember the meet and greet that you just had with them oh you know, here's tinkerbell's autograph remember when we waited 45 minutes to see tinkerbell <laughs> and she waved at us next to a giant leaf yeah that was amazing <laughs> here's chippendale's autograph yeah remember when those guys were uh no pun intended freaking nuts <laughs> and they did that super funny thing where they were playing leapfrog and then the other one like you know punched the other one in the face i don't know yeah uh, they're 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 known for their antics and it's never a dull moment with these two and a lot of times the spazziness of the autograph kind of like uh is just an indicator of that and a great reminder of the interactions you probably just had with them that's why i'm sending chip and dale to the final yeah that's uh, it's interesting because you used a lot of my arguments for this. So it's going to be hard to battle you when your sources were cited as me. But yeah, I, I like the thing about Chip and Dale is that they're unpredictable. Always have been. That's their character traits. They like 
plan out something and the audience knows that they're up to no good, that they're mischievous, but everyone that's in the world doesn't know that. And they get punked by Chippendale. Usually it's Pluto or it's Donald Duck who get absolutely punked by these two. And so the fact that like we see so many of their autographs and so many variations of that makes a ton of sense to me that it's kind of like how how do they feel? How do they what do they want to do? What do they have time to do? What, what, do they have time in between schemes to sign and do it ornately with with the faces and with the teeth and and who it is? But you always have that consistent style from them. Like Chip is always signing the letters the same way. And Dale is always signing the letters the same way. Now it's like, so how are we going to feel today? Are we going to be silly and add a silly face? Are we going to be more subtle and we're going to add just like some, maybe some leaves or put a heart above my name, not even incorporate it into the I. Uh, Dale is always going to have the backwards E which is something definitely that Dale would do because that's how he acts. He acts like he would put a backward E. Sometimes he might draw a very descriptive face. Sometimes he'll even write a little bit more. Who knows? Uh, But here's also a thing that is great about Dale's is that when we do see him write more, Dale's name isn't the only thing that has the backward E. He's going to do that every single time. So there's an example in this like deck that has Happy Halloween, Love Dale. Love is spelled L-U-V and Halloween has double backward E's. It's, that's very good. And this is a costumed character. Like this person wrote out Happy Halloween exclamation point while being in this mask. And now I didn't watch any of the videos of these characters actually signing. But you have to kind of assume that they're probably looking out the eye holes of of Chip and Dale, which is that tunnel vision. And so they're out here in perfect script, just being like, happy Halloween, backwards ease. How do you remember that as a as a like a performer to write your ease backwards to a phrase that you don't write all year round? Dale, they're writing every single day, dozens of times an hour. But Happy Halloween, they're not. It's just impressive. And it, it's, that's that Disney magic, right? That's, that, that's what you come for. That's what you pay $30 in parking to experience is this, this experience that is going to be continuous. And I like that a lot. I'm agreeing with you. I'm going Chip and Dale here. I'm going with, with the number three seed. I, I just think that they're so playful. They're so great. There is a lot of great whimsy when it comes to uh tink and i really like the flightiness and i like the you know you get some very much fairy vibes but chip and dale's playfulness i think just feels more like i'm i'm that disneyland experience that that i'm a i'm a adult kid in the parks even if i'm it if it even if i am a kid getting this autograph like this feels authentic uh not that Tinkerbell's isn't, but I just like Chippendale's better, which means that Chippendale's going to the finals. Taylor, what do you think about that? I would have sent Tinkerbell. Okay. But I do think if we're saying best Disney parks autograph, autograph being a verb, 
then Chippendale would advance because the experience, but I just, I like Tinkerbell's penmanship better, even though Chippendale's is fun and true to the character. So I'm sad to see Tinkerbell go, but it's okay. I still like Chippendale's. All right. That brings us to the finals. We got the number four Cinderella autograph versus the number three Chippendale autographs. I'm really excited about this one. We got the whimsy mid-century versus the playful childlike mm-hmm. wonder. This feels very like a Disney and Disneyland matchup where they were going for this like whimsy magical, but they also, when you go to the parks, want adults to feel like they can be kids again, experience this like family, family like wonder. Uh, this, this is just a great matchup. So, you know, I, I've, especially in the last, you know, 10 minutes have said basically everything that I can about both of these. And I still stand by what I said. Cinderella's is just fantastic. I think this embodies what it is to be a Disney autograph. I think that Mm -hmm. Disney has built itself on the backs of princesses from the very beginning. I think that it match. It just feels like something that Cinderella would sign. It tells the story of Cinderella and just one autograph. I like that a lot. I do believe that Cinderella can read and write, so she would be able to do this. Chip and Dale are are a great signature and they deserve to be in the finals but when you're up against cinderella which just feels so heartily disney and disneyland i have to give the crown to our girl cindy i am proclaiming cinderella's autograph as the best disney parks autograph so there's one thing that i like about both of these and that is the collectability um and being part of a set the princess okay. signature collection is a fun one to try and earn. You know, you've got maybe 10 to 12, depending on what you consider to be a princess. And it's super fun to like try and try and get all of them. Cinderella being arguably the crown jewel of that collection of, of princess autographs. On the other hand, you've got Chip and Dale, who is kind of like a Fab Five adjacent member. <laughs> yeah. But also they're a set, you know, so, so you get one, you got to get the other and you better not miss the one because then you're going to have to try and figure out how to get the other one at another time. So you kind of got like a double, double collectability aspect for Chippendale. I would say there's definitely a difference in the autograph experience between these two. Chippendale, very approachable autograph experience very fun very like uh you were talking about stomper signing something you know like Mm -hmm. if you went to a baseball game there are autograph hounds out there kids love getting autographs adults love getting autographs stompers like the one you get it's just like okay i'm i'm in the ground floor i just got one you know yeah yeah totally cinderella is like matt olson's autograph holographic pokemon card that you need to be in the right place at the right time. Not in terms of like its rarity, but in no. terms of like the the weightiness idea that I keep bringing up. Where like when you're in the presence of that princess, you're kind of like, Ooh, 
So Cinderella yeah. here, like this is a princess. You get it. You get that with a lot of the princesses, but for Cinderella in particular, it's very much like you're in the presence of someone special. Yep. And I so, agree. I don't think you can always separate the actual autograph itself from that feeling of like being in the presence of the person when they sign the autograph. Tyler Wade has a different attitude signing than Aaron Judge does, and you know it's <laughs> sure. And so it's a different feeling inside of you when you're when you're standing there holding the ball out for me. But I looked at all these autographs on paper, all in one place. Cinderella, you look at the autograph and you go, oh, it's beautiful. You look at Chippendale's autograph and you go, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's Chippendale. I I know who did that. Who made that mess on that autograph page? That is Chippendale. Um, and so I think Chippendale kind of you kind of get the best of both worlds, where you get an experience of an autograph session, and you also just get an autograph that is so on character. Um, and that's why I'm crowning them the winner of the best Disney Parks autograph. So Taylor, you're gonna have to bring it home here. This is such a good matchup, in my opinion, because. Both of the signatures, um, from a graphologist standpoint, <laughs> are so genuine and true to who the characters are. In, well, actually, not Cinderellas. If if we're <laughs> I was going, say, I okay, think we just roasted Cinderellas that. for not being. Scratch that. Okay, Chippendales, from a graphologist standpoint, is authentic to the characters. Cinderella's, from my own standpoint, is authentic to her character. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my own not being a, a real graphologist. Sure. Just appreciating the whimsy. Um, gosh, as an ambassador of the park, they both do a really great job. Chip and Dale are welcoming. Cinderella, she's like the mayor of the princesses. Gosh, but when I think of like signatures you have to have to get, like if you don't get that signature, you don't even really have an autograph book. I'm thinking Cinderella. So I think we have to give the tiara <laughs> to Cinderella. Oh, we found it. Wow. We have found the best Disney Parks autograph, and that tiara belongs to Cinderella herself. And as we do at the end of every single bracket, we are going to clap it out. Can't spell Cinderella without two L's. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> For you. <laughs> um, I'm honestly surprised that Chippendale made it as far because I don't know that we've talked about Chippendale at all <laughs> in this podcast. And just even in the context of parks, like to see them enter a bracket, I'm like, okay, Dr. Facilia has been on in the last five of them and he hasn't even gotten to the finals. We're going to talk about Chippendale, the newcomers. And here they are arriving to the, the final two. It was nice to see. Taylor, 
Thank you so much for joining us on this one. You're quickly becoming one of our uh, favorite parks correspondents here on the Mouse Madness <laughs> podcast. And we appreciate you joining us to talk about these signatures. Yeah, who knew? I'm happy to come back, you know, for many hot takes, which I have developed many because I've been going to the park so much. So I have lots to say. All right. Well, everybody, you know how to reach us. If you have something to say about these signatures, uh, does it seem like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here? So do you have any ideas of your own for bracket topics? Do you want to hop in and do some co-hosting duties, breaking some ties? It's super fun. Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you'd like to subscribe to us on Patreon, we can be found at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Join Jerry's gang. It's great. Till next time, folks. Dippity boppity deuces. Peace out. Dippity boppity bye bye. How about that? <laughs> I was just going to say bye. <laughs>